Preeti Chipper. And I'm Jen Northington, and this is Tarvalin or Bust, a Wheel of Time podcast. We are rereading the books, talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite moments, and digging into all things Wheel of Time. And this is our dive into episode three of the Wheel of Time television show, A Place of Safety, written by the Clarkson Twins. The triumphant return of Nynaeve! Yes! Okay. Overall, <laughs> I guess, impressions are I liked this episode a lot. Yes. There's I'll- so much good stuff in it. I will say it jumped around so much yes. at a certain point. I was like, oh, my God, can we have more than, like, three seconds of one of these pairs, please? Yes, <laughs> like it was I do agree Very jumpy, but I do agree. I do think, I mean, we just talked a bunch about pacing for the first and second episodes, and I think this was a better paced episode yes. overall. Yes, I agree. Um, So it starts off basically right where we left off with that great ending of episode two with Nynaeve. We're, we're going to see Nynaeve's perspective now on what happened with her mm-hmm. um, when she's dragged off by the Trolloc. And this is we're getting again that like wonderful Jordan horror. Yes. Come oh to screen. God. Right. Like Ooh, <laughs> so gruesome. It's so grisly. <laughs> Yeah, so this Trolloc is dragging her by her hair through the woods to do terrible things to her. And then, and she's sort of unconscious uh, and like waking up and she gets dropped because there's another Trolloc who has been wounded. And this is like, speaking of references. It's so good. It's it's the other Trolloc goes over to him and you're like, oh, are they going to like help each other? Nope. Nope. It's like immediately starts like eating his guts. It's so nasty. And it was a very Galaxy Quest moment. Do you remember (laughs) that part in Galaxy? Have you seen Galaxy Quest? Long time ago. There's like this scene where they're like on a planet watching these aliens that look like children and one of them's injured and they're like, oh, they're going to help it. And like, nope, they grow fangs and start to like eat the injured ones. And I was like, oh my God, it's like Galaxy Quest. Amazing. (laughs) It's so gruesome but it allows her to escape yeah she she just like nynaeves it up and like fucking books it out of there to that (laughs) women's circle pool area yeah the sacred pool cave thing and then there's this great great horror movie moment where it's super special she like jumps in the pool and her head is just above water and we get that shot of like from her uh level of sight and Mm -hmm. the trollic hooves just like Ooh. clomping behind her and then like she like ducks into the water to smell for her Ooh, yeah Ooh. and he, she like ducks into the water and he, the trollic starts like stabbing at the water and then gets in the water oh, it's so stressful it's and it's not she, a big pool like it's not no, that much space it's very small and then Nynaeve just like pulls the sword out and stabs him with his own gun to yes it's amazing and there's this great moment where she like stabs him and they struggle and they go underwater and it's like dead silent and there's yes. blood coming up and then she just like breaks through the surface. Ooh, I like have goosebumps thinking about it. She's amazing. Zoe so Robbins good. is so good. Zoe Robbins is so good. And then it cuts to like Nynaeve and Lan in the forest and Daniel Henney, the way he says, how did you find me? <laughs> I was like, oh boy. Ah, hello, sir. <laughs> It is very intense, like the chemistry that they have going here, which is antagonistic to for yes. the record. It's, it's it's like sexy antagonistic. Yes. Well, I was thinking <laughs> as I was watching this episode, like this is how you do yes. an antagonistic like 
relationship that also contains attraction. Like yes. this, this is what I think Robert Jordan was trying to do with Perrin and Fail and yes. failed so miserably at. Yes. But like they are Correct. nailing, I think, the power dynamics here. Because there are power dynamics involved, right? Like yeah. she lets Lan up and uh is still holding the knife on him though. And oh she's yeah, like, she's holding the knife yeah. and he's like, We both know you won't. And then right. she- <laughs> well, wait, 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 before that, before sorry, that, sorry. So she, you're jumping out. I know it's such a I'm good sorry. moment. It's so, so good. <laughs> she's holding a knife and she's like, where are my friends? And he's like, they're, you know, they're, we've lost them basically. But, and Moiraine is wounded and your only hope is her to get them back. And she's like, well, then why would she leave them? And she, he's like, I left them, not her. Right. Yeah. And, and then he's like, all right, well, we both know you're not actually going to stab me with that. And then she does try. She tries to stab him. It's like, it's this wonderful moment where he like spins her around and it's like, she clearly is like, like she can't, he's a warder. Like she can't actually hold her own against him, but she fights like a motherfucker and it's so good. She bites him. It's fantastic. Yeah. He's got his arm around her to like restrain her and she bites his hand. And then he, like, knocks her out because, obviously, <laughs> and he says, you actually tried to kill me. Yes, so but he says it. Daniel Honey's delivery is so good because he's clearly so intrigued. Yeah. He's, like, so intrigued by this woman. Oh, I loved it. It's real gold. It's, it's gold. It's so good. I loved everything about Every scene of them together in this yes. episode, I was like, give me more. <laughs> Just put it right into my veins. Like, I'm here for it. Um, then we cut to Rand and Matt on this, like, cliffside. And it's kind of nice. We get another friendship moment. But it's Matt. Matt is comforting Rand. And it's like, Matt is great. The The... The way they're writing this character at both through episodes one, two, and the top of episode three is he's like comforting. He's like the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. And it works because he's the only one among them who's an older brother. Right. Right. And true. so they like pull that dynamic into his relationship with Perrin and Rand, mm. even if they're all kind of the same age. And it's yeah. really, really lovely to see like the through line of his character in every relationship he has. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, they're they and they're arguing like Matt wants to find their way home, mm-hmm. but Rand is like no, we have to go to the White Tower because the others aren't going home. That's where Egwene is going. Like that's where mm-hmm. they're going. And uh and Matt is like we don't even know how to get there. And then, I, love I love this 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 exchange. So Rand is like, well, they say all roads lead to Tarvel, and, and Matt, that's not how road works. Like how roads work, it's so good. It's uh, really good. It's, it's a so very good. funny moment, and he, they kind of agree. Like Matt's like fine, and they go off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we then cut we, to Perrin and Egwene, who are I like. Know- just to say, like, I don't know if you noticed this, too. I'm sure you did because you pay so much attention. But e- ever since that scene of Perrin uh, drawing the water and then getting licked by a wolf, anytime we, like, start with Perrin, you hear wolves howling yes. in the background now. Yeah, and it's really good. Absolutely. They're like Perrin and Egwene are on this plane. Uh, like, you know, it's like big, flat expanse. And you can hear all of these wolves howling. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. And they, they even say they're like these wolves. I think they're following us. And they find this like little like 
brush that they can hide between. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, this is, I guess, the first instance of the word channeling. Yes, it is. It is. I noticed. Yep. Um, but I really liked this moment too, because it shows kind of a diversity of thought in with respect mm. to like channeling and the Aes Sedai, because they're trying to, Perrin is like trying really hard to start a fire because they're both clearly like freezing. Yeah. And he's like striking the flint with a knife and like trying to get it. And Egwene starts trying to use the power and the cat the flame catches mm-hmm. and parents says like was that you or me <laughs> uh and then he kind of like smiles a little and is like if you wouldn't mind channeling us some food or water and <laughs> yeah. it was like just this like great like there's no fear on his behalf yeah. there's just like acceptance and kind mm-hmm. of like good we this is a skill that we could make use of yes um, yes a very pragmatic liked. and like thoughtful mm-hmm. approach which is Perrin very Perrin uh despite what Jordan uh, <laughs> yeah. for many many pages gives us um mm-hmm. and there is they kind of have this similar conversation which yes. is very funny because Egwene's like well Rand's gonna go home and Perrin's like you idiot <laughs> Rand's going to go where he thinks you're going. Yes, it's so sweet. It's It's very cute. It's very like, again, like building these wonderful relationships between these kids who have clearly known each other their entire lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we jump to another scene. (laughs) And I just say like, so it cuts to like Nynaeve being tied to a tree and then the Avatar, the last airbender vibes here with like Zuko and Katara when Zuko ties Katara to that tree. I forgot about that. I was like, oh my God. Uh, now I'm never going to be able to get out of my head the comparison between Zuko and Lan, which is like not oh, totally wrong. It's not like, wrong. It's, it's not right, but it's also not wrong. It's not wrong. Somebody write me that like AU Wheel of Time Zutara fic. <laughs> Katara, I mean, Katara and Nynaeve are very comparable. They are very similar. Katara yeah. and Nynaeve are totally similar. Zuko and Lan, there is an association yeah, there. Yeah, I, I can see I, I'm into it. <laughs> So yeah, if you want to write that, please write that and let us know and I will read the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah so so Nynaeve is tied to a tree and gagged. She's real mad about it. Super Lan pissed. is tending to Moiraine. <laughs> I like, love everything about comes this. Comes over and like removes the gag and offers her water and she's like burning him alive with her eyeballs. Like it's very... And, and she's like, she, like if I help, she's, he's like, you have to help her. Like you da da da. She's like, if I help, she better tell me where my friends are. And he goes, are you really in a position to be making threat? Like, are you in a position to be making demands? Yes. And she goes, it's not a demand. It's a threat. She's <laughs> like, You're amazing. the fucking best. She's and the Daniel best. Henney stands there and super, super channels Timothy Oliphant with this, like, <laughs> jaw clench of doom. <laughs> and so he's standing there, like, just, like, furious and, like, probably attracted to her and like what's going on yeah and she's like well you want to ask the question just fucking ask it oh no that happens later oh that happens a little that happens she, a little bit later yes yeah, so okay he, sorry so they like make this deal where you know moirin's gonna die without her help and Nynaeve's like well there are no other wisdoms around to help so you're gonna give me what i want in exchange for this help so then they go off and they're herb picking right 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 like, right he is picking the herbs and he's just standing there glowering at her. This is where he's like, okay, I got to gather my confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where she says that, like, you know, you want to ask. So just ask. And then he goes, how did you track me? He said, you said you tracked me. How? And I was like screaming. I was yeah. like, of course. 
you're so into this and you don't even know why, but you are. And she's like, I said you could ask, not that I'd answer. It's so sassy. It's amazing. I just sort of like land presumably, oh no, I have feelings. (laughs) It's delightful. So then, so then she's like making a paste, and then, ugh, this part also. The body horror in this show is real. She this is an interesting moment though because she says to him like, "I've heard about the bonds between an Isodai and a warder, and that like you can feel what each other feels. So like, get ready, this is gonna hurt." And then she like. Ugh, does some like digs into it ugh, with the paste and so like, nasty. Yeah, it's very gross. It's really, it's really gross. Uh, let's see. And then the next scene, we go to Perrin. Oh, who... so okay. Oh, this is a nightmare, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. He, wakes... I am confused about it. Oh, okay, interesting. So yeah, he wakes up. He's in a house, which obviously that's our. We know immediately that this is a dream. Not in like we didn't know that with Rand's dream, but we know this one is a dream because there's no way he's right. gonna wake up in a house. Like that's not how it works. So he is like, look, he's calling for Layla. He's looking around. He walks from the house into the forge area, and as he's walking, we get to see this like shift where it's like first it's Perrin and then it's Baalzaman and then it's Perrin again which is a, a like I don't understand that choice Same. It's, it's weird um and he keeps walking and then also super fucking gross he finds Layla like her dead but still animated body being eaten by a wolf it's so nasty. yeah like the wolf is like eating at its guts and Ugh. it's we are hearing that like forest temple sound again that like kind of windpipey yeah, minor yeah, right. forest temple sound right um i'm going to send you the song so you can hear it okay <laughs> afterwards <laughs> because it's it's so similar but i was like is this the alzaman trying to trick perrin about the wolves mm. is it the wolves telling perrin that there was something wrong with Layla that Layla oh. was not who she said she was. Like, is it the wolf trying to protect Perrin from like a fake Balzaban inspired Layla? Like the whole thing was like, huh. I didn't totally understand what I was supposed to. I mean, it's a dream. We're not supposed right. to get it. But those are the kind of the thoughts I was having of like, why would this wolf be eating at Layla's stomach of all people in a dream that is clearly inspired by Balsamon. Yeah, I just assumed that, you know, like, what's the most horrifying thing that could happen in parents' dreams? Like, there you go. That's pretty horrifying and terrible. But yeah, no, I, uh, and this is where the book knowledge comes in a little bit. Because we know that in the books, the wolves actually protect Perrin in his dreams. So like, if this is, if we're using our book knowledge, this is extremely confusing. If we're not using our book knowledge, then it also means that like, we don't actually know how they're going to handle the wolf stuff. So question But so far, even with what we know in this episode, like the wolves are not chasing them. The wolves are hurting them to where they want to go, Well, yeah. I mean, we haven't figured that out yet, technically, but... But like right. yes, that, that yes. happens next. But but they have we have seen a wolf lick Perrin. We've so seen like, a wolf lick Perrin. We've seen like the wolves are not they're clearly not actively trying to harm right. him. Right. So yeah. I'm using it's very I'm going confusing. right. Yeah. I'm going with book knowledge of like the wolves are protecting him. Yeah. And so what are they protecting? 
him right, in from this dream, yeah. in that dream. Well, I and, was more confused by Perrin sort of almost seeming to turn into Baalzamon and then turn back. Like, what am I supposed, as a viewer, what am I supposed to understand about that? Like, because the the shots of Baalzamon previously were like him coming towards Ram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like him swapping places. Unless this is Perrin manifesting of like he killed his wife and he feels yeah. so evil over it but like oh, that maybe. doesn't feel right to that me. doesn't feel right either this, no i don't know because the baalzaman like the the inclusion of him in the dream to me was just like this is a baalzaman dream don't forget that mm-hmm, this is a baalzaman mm-hmm. dream right like it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily that he was Perrin. it was a reminder of like this presence exists yeah and is likely influencing what Perrin is seeing. Like, Balzaman right. is inside of his head. Yeah. So I would go with, if, in that interpretation, I would go with Balzaman is trying to, like, send him false information about the wolves. Or because false it might information be that... about Layla. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Because the wolves, thus far in the dreams and the books, were... the Balzaman was not able to falsely represent the wolves in the dreams. The wolves... Uh, yeah. What's the word? They got into the dreams despite Balsamon. Right, right, right. And to protect parents. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't There's know. This, yeah, it's confusing. It's confusing. Um, And then we have more of, like, them being chased through the woods. Like, there's – I will say the parent Egwene stuff, like, I felt like the show was trying really hard to keep all the storylines balanced, but, like, yeah. to the detriment for Perrin yes. and Egwene. Yeah. Because they don't really have much to do until later on in the episode. And right. I kind of wish just like, just, like – They're being chased by wolves. That's all that's happening in the Yeah, like, they could have just, like, kind of skipped that, I feel yeah. like. I um, and then we're back to Rand and Matt, which was like <laughs> more kind of fun stuff. I love this in like exchange where Matt's like, yo, give me your coat. Right. And Rand's like, Matt Calfin, the man who once walked while a little chilly. Yes. And he's like, you're funny now. That's a new wrinkle. Yeah, really like it good. felt like a very like real friendship banter moment. Yes. 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 You know what it did make me realize though, is that we didn't get, we got some parent Rand interaction, but it felt kind of perfunctory in yeah. comparison to how well they've established Rand and Matt, Perrin and Matt, and yep. Egwene and Matt. Yeah. Like Rand and Perrin in particular. Right. And maybe because the two of them are kind of bland. <laughs> like don't have as many yeah. like straight up scenes and yeah, yeah. Uh, relationship building. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like in the first episode, we got them. Matt goes off to steal the bracelet, and they're mm-hmm. left talking at the table. And Perrin is like reassuring Rand about Egwene. And yeah, then we get another. There's really moment. not a ton. No, we had another moment of them leaning against the wall of the tavern, like and Rand is still pining, and then Eve is like, "Where's Layla?" So like we yeah. really haven't gotten to see. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because Rand hasn't given. It, Rand is actually the only one who hasn't comforted Perrin over Layla yeah it's true it's very true so it's a little it's a little strange honestly but yeah, I yeah. don't know that might just be because of time yeah it could just be some cuts or who knows what but it but. feels a little it felt stark to me when the stuff between the rest all the other like points all the other relationship points are done so well yeah that it felt it felt glaring because it wasn't there right no I I totally see that yeah absolutely um, so they find this town. Yeah, this mining town on a lake. There's a fucking dead isle handing, like, hanging in a cage outside, yeah. um, which we, like, the viewers don't know yet. They haven't said it's isle, but right. we see the red hair 
I didn't. I honestly, I was looking. I have watched these twice now, and I was looking for it this time, and I still didn't see it. I was like, I saw it on again my third watch. I yeah, saw it. yeah. It's, it's quick. It's quick. I don't think like it's you know really not, what that's yeah. focused on is that he has this like shiny. The dead person has this shiny gemstone. Yeah. attached to his belt, and Matt's eyes, of course, immediately are like, "Hey, look! That looks valuable. Look at that. That looks shiny and and like something I might want to get my hands on." Yeah, exactly. Um, this seems to be some kind of like blue collar mining something yes. town. they're not really um, friendly it's very no. like everything's dusty um and they end up in some kind of disgusting tavern where there seems to be a single woman who is working behind the bar i did spot a couple women in oh did the you tables. it is largely dudes though i will agree that it's largely dudes um and then, and, and then it's like gleeman it's like a very like abrupt like they're like asking for food and she's like oh there's a gleeman and then we get the dramatic entrance of like grunge rock tom i Maryland. love it it's like hot tom it's like chris cornell tom i but okay here's my issue with this I... whole sequence i i like i can get on board sort of with grunge rock Tom but like it's the song he sings is so it's like he sounds first of all like he's in Nickelback like it sounds like no, a Nickelback I disagree. Song. <laughs> and then like who sings the saddest song in the world in the middle of a tavern when you're trying okay, to get so tips like come on now I was listening to the lyrics this time I, I I did listen to the lyrics the second time through it is about the dragon reborn it's, a, it's I clearly it. about the dragon reborn and but that's like, Still, <laughs> it feels very pointed to me again yeah. in that I think Tom knows a lot more than he's letting on. I think it's it felt like a very deliberate choice for him to sing that song and then you for him to approach. He was like one Matt of these Rand. two randos who just walked I into this tavern. Know. Is the I don't That's know. Really I, I don't think he thinks that, okay. but I think it was pointed and I think it was a choice. Oh, I'm sure it was um, a choice on the part of the filmmakers no I on just, the part of I mean I, yeah. I think it was a character choice for Tom to have made to sing that song yeah, I just yeah. don't know what it was yet yeah. but he clearly knows he as we will see clearly knows a lot about the world indeed and when we're, and when yeah. we're talking about how does Moiraine know like how right, right. these rumors are just kind of going back and forth and people are talking and like Loghain right. as we'll know by the end of this um, has called himself the the Dragon Reborn and all this stuff. So, like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It was yeah. a choice. I guess so. Um, I do think, I just want to point out that the actor who's playing Tom, who I, again, did not, my, I don't know where my phone is, so I can't oh. even look on IMDb right now, but in the way they've styled him, yeah. looks like an older Michelle Huseman, who I like so much. I don't and know if I know. He, that you will know his face. He was in um, the. I think he was in the Haunting of Bly Manor and or Hill House, whichever one came first. The Haunting mm. of Hill House, I think, maybe came first. He was in Orphan Black, I think. He was in oh. Game of. Th he was Dar uh, Dario, the the second Dario in Game of Thrones. Interesting. Uh, I do sort of recall now that you say that. Yeah, that's that's um, funny. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, into it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean he's he's very good in the role. Like he does command the room. I he think I really just, does. I wanted like a toss a coin to your Witcher moment, and I did not get it. You're that, that's not happened. this show, right? Like, yeah, well, oh, Alexandra Villome. 
Willow. Thank you. I don't know how Mi- to say Mion? his last name. I don't know. Yeah. Um, he was, yeah, we're not, like, we're not getting long white mustache juggling Tom here. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> that's not who we're getting. We're getting yeah. grizzled, sort of world weary, which is also a version of yeah, Tom. legit version of Tom. I, 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 it is a legit interpretation. I do think. I just, I not here for Nickelback vibes. <laughs> so, so he does his song. The bar, like everyone. This is also why I think it's a choice because the bar, the Dana who is standing by the bar is like. Okay, <laughs> so are we gonna cry or we're gonna drink? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. So like that that is an added thing of like it's meant to be kind of the wrong song choice. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't think it was meant to be like this is the song he thought was gonna go over well. I think right. it was like it, it. That's what that moment said to <laughs> Tom me. Tom plays so. what Tom wants <laughs> exactly. And so yeah. then Tom comes down asking for donations. Somebody bumps into like Matt and Rand mm-hmm. and it's obvious like that's a pickpocket because yeah. these two idiot children do not realize they're being right. <laughs> And Tom decides to teach them a lesson. Well, teach Matt a lesson because Rand did not get pickpocketed. No, no, just Matt. Yeah, I so see he like sits down at their table and is like donation for the Gleeman. They say donation for the Gleeman like 14 times. But the, he's really? like donation for the Gleeman and they're like, uh, no, we like don't have enough money for that. And then uh, he Matt like goes to pay for his food and can't find his purse, and mm-hmm. like Tom pulls it out and pays for Matt, and like they figure out you know about the pickpocket, and then Matt's like, "Well, give it back," and he's like, "Nope, donation for the gleam." It's like, so like, fucked up. What? It's so it's random. Like so fucked up. And then we get more Perrin and Egwene walking. Yeah, like- yeah. It's uh, although I, at this point, uh, we like something actually does happen. So. Egwene, first of all, figures out that the wolves are, like, hurting them. Yeah. She's like, I think they're doing this on purpose. And parents just like, Bleh. And then they come across wagon tracks. And then the scene switches again. Like, that's yeah, all that it's happens. Like, it's like, they could have done all the parent Egwene stuff in, like, one scene 100%. instead of having to, like, switch back and forth and back and forth. It's, I totally agree. It just makes parent and Egwene, the parent and Egwene stuff seem boring it's in like comparison. It's, like, which is unnecessary. Yeah, it, it doesn't need, it didn't need it. Um, then we get back to Rand and Matt who are now like, <laughs> I did like this moment where they're like, okay, we can, Rand is like doing the honorable boy next door thing, like yeah. nice honorable boy next door thing. He's like, we can work for like a place to stay. And Matt kind of gives him this expression, like the fuck you say? Right. <laughs> and made is, me laugh really hard. I think this is also Matt's like demeanor and sort of vibe starts to shift with the whole pickpocketing situation and only gets progressively I actually think it's prior to that I think the shift the very subtle shift happens as they're walking into town like when he sees Mm. that aisleman in the cage like I think it's this like very subtle shift like I think the show actually does a very very good job of um giving us this Matt in the first two episodes who's like, you know, a little rascally. Like, he steals that bracelet, but he, like, clearly is, like, so caring and, like, deeply committed to his friends. Mm -hmm. And then there's just this, like, thread of, like, meanness that starts to come out in the third episode. Dagger Matt has entered the chat. Dagger Matt has entered the (laughs) chat. And it's, like, very subtle. And I I do think if you're not a book reader, you might not yeah, you can miss it. pick yeah. up on it. Mm-hmm. But as a book reader, like I liked the the quiet, the quietness of it quite a lot mm. because then they have this like very weird exchange where like 
there's all this wood that needs to be chopped and so Rand is doing it and they're like looking at the barmaid as she walks off and Rand is like isn't she a bit young for you like I thought Moiraine was more your speed (laughs) such a weird comment ew yeah, like it's one thing to like try to like make a joke about Matt liking older women, but like, like the, huh. the Moy Rain connection is so improbable like and strange. So, right? Yeah, it was like very weird, and like there hasn't been any indication that Matt has looked at Moy Rain. No, in that way. no. Like it was, it was very, it was a weird line. Yeah. And then there's like Matt's like I make exceptions. Like yeah. What? And then there's like a deliberate misunderstanding of like. Yes. I don't know. It was just, like, not necessary. No, no, I didn't love it. But it was all feeding into this weird shift, but then they made Rand a part of it, which I was like, what is happening? Yeah, and Rand is finally, like, the the conversation just gets so weird. He's like, what is wrong with you? And And Matt is just like, I don't want to have left. I don't believe any of this stuff. I think everybody's dead. Like, it's really, it is mean. He's he's being deliberately mean, yeah. And it's, it's very, it's not, like, it's not it doesn't feel like out of out of character, but it feels important. Yes. Yeah. To the it point where heavy. Rand is like yes. like they're fighting. Yeah. But then Rand as Matt like walks off, because Matt's like, you agreed to this. Like I didn't. Right. Rand's like, typical, like walk away, get out right. of it. Fine. Right. I do kind of like, Ooh. I do think it's significant that Rand calls Matt a prick because that's yes. the word that his mother used. And so I like know. that's like a very specific thing for matt to hear um but he is he's being an asshole like yeah he's he's being he's being a dick right now for sure like it's not mm, he's not being a very nice friend no no so he goes back inside and is like trying to get out of work almost entirely (laughs) which felt very good and she's like well you can serve the beer like that's what you're gonna do i did kind of like this moment though because like this is where i i like how they're handling it because matt doesn't feel the dagger matt as we'll call him Mm mm-hmm coming out in these like pieces doesn't feel cartoonish yes because even here he kind of is like okay fine um and and he's being a little charming and yeah he like takes the beer he gets like these like customers sort of try to emasculate him Mm -hmm. and he just kind of like gives it back like there's no i feel like a lesser understanding of the character would have had him kind of like uh freak out and get really mad about it yeah but he was just like whatever and like joking back and forth and comes back and has this conversation with uh dana Dana, where he's still like smart about the way he's talking to her right he says they're from barelon like he like catches himself he Mm -hmm. doesn't say where they're from he's being very vague about like you know what their circumstances are but he says he's going home by himself yeah and they have this whole conversation where you know, like Dana has this like speech about the dirt like that you're from. And if you go somewhere else, then nobody knows the dirt that you are. And it's like very sort of intense emotional moment. Which I like because I like that they're giving the show is giving this character motivation yes. for her choices later. And it's yes. again, it's not this cartoonish villain mm-hmm. because this the character I think Dana is playing is that character in the books who doesn't even, I don't think she even has a name. Um, the dark friend who, when uh, Rand has like that fever and Matt right. has to protect yes. him. Yes. Um, yes it's yes. that woman. Yeah. And I think like collapsing a few characters. Yeah. I think they're like putting some together. Like yeah, she's probably yeah. with that other boy that runs into them. But like, 
they all were these kind of cartoonish dark friend Mm -hmm. villains and you're never really you never really get other than like power and the promise of power yeah but this gives us like a real motivation which i i really appreciated yeah yeah so and matt is just like no i have to go home like there are people who rely on me and you get Mm -hmm. this moment of like oh yeah this is the matt we have been you know coming to love uh so that's nice and then we switch scenes again <laughs> seriously back to Lynn Lynn and Nynaeve I almost yes. went Lynne Lynne <laughs> yes. what's their what's their ship what's name their, I actually yeah. don't know I don't it's I it has to be Lynne because there's nowhere else to put it in it's a very, yeah it's it has to be Lynne Lynne that's really bad <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so Moiraine has is not responding to the medicine, and Nynaeve mm-hmm. is like, "It's I've never seen it this bad before." Like, I'm, I'm. She actually says, "I'm worried," which is yeah. a big deal. Like, you can tell it's a big deal for the character yep. at this moment. So Lan is like, "All right, bye." <laughs> like, gets on his horse and disappears. I know, but I love that Nynaeve's like, "You're just gonna leave me with her," and <laughs> Lan goes, "You'll keep her safe." <laughs> and Nynaeve's like, "How can you be sure?" Yeah. And it's because Lan already trusts her. And she's so grumpy about it. It's delightful. I love it. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then we're back to, like, freaking Perrin and Egoyan, and they're still following these traveler tracks. And it's like we're back in the books, where I'm just like, God, not another Perrin POV. <laughs> there is. I mean, yeah, it's – there's not much – we that, get like one sentence that matters in every single scene with them. Yeah, and it's like although killing this scene me. is longer, actually. This scene we do actually get. So, so they encounter this. Fog. Oh, yeah. That, then we get the travelers. But right. like so, this first moment with yes, the two of them. It is just the same thing over again. Like, it's just like Egwene being and, like, you don't yeah. have to protect me. And yes. like, it's not your fault that Layla died. And it's, yeah. it's like a sweet moment. And like. But, but it it's is also like, happened before. Exactly. And like, it's not it's not new. Like we get it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then finally. <laughs> they get surrounded. Well, and it's interesting in the lead up to their them actually communicating with the travelers, Perrin clearly feels like you hear this like there's this sound shift and it's like he's sensing something mm-hmm. from probably from the wolves because we're also still hearing wolves howling in the background and then they're suddenly surrounded by these yep. people who turn out to be the travelers and this is such a hilarious exchange i know i love it <laughs> like they they show up and they're like do you know the song yeah do you know the song and Perrin and Wayne are like uh <laughs> and then who we know is Ar- aram or yeah. aram however you want to say it comes and says your welcome warms our spirit as your fires warm the flesh, but we do not know the song. That's what you're supposed to say. And so Egwene says it, and then Perrin goes, uh, we don't know the song. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, and we meet Isla and Rain, and there's a bunch of good doggos. I love There's a bunch of good dogs. They because that is an important detail from it is. the books about the travelers that they have these dogs. And so I loved seeing the dogs. Um and I love the way that Aram is like interacting with them because he yeah. has this like mischievousness to him that we I see agree. in that opening scene. But then also he's like, oh what, you don't know about the, tra- the travelers, the tinkers, like the ones who steal your babies, like, oh, you don't know There's about There's an us? edge. Like, yeah, he's, he does. He has an edge. It's great. Yeah, it's quite it's quite nice. And we have this, like, they're going to do the whole, like, because Isla says in response to the greeting, then mm-hmm. we seek still. And so what is it? And it was so shall it be. But if we remember, we seek to find something like that. But it is about 
this whole backstory that we know exists thanks to the books. <laughs> but I was like very, and I still am very curious how the show is gonna like be able to do what the, yes. they can't. There's no, so there's much no depth. way. I don't know. There's how There's so they much would depth. Yeah. Like I just, I don't know how they'll ever be able to cover all of, and like maybe they'll find a way to do it. But like the fact that they're setting it up, I think yeah. matters a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I will be. Interested to see how they handle the relationship to the aisle when we eventually get to one that's that is alive. Yeah. I also I speaking of things that are not happening, there's no Elias here. I like, know we don't have I think they're not gonna do it. In the books, Perrin and Egwene encounter him first and then yep. they meet up with the travelers. And yeah, it cl- it seems pretty clear that Perrin is not gonna get a guide. So no. I am Or just he's like, just going to have a wolf guide. Well, yeah, be right, a human guide. But like that's what he's not going to have like a mentor like tell him what's happening to him. He's just going to have to figure it out, which right. is like <laughs> I'm curious to see how they do it. And I'm a little bit sad because Elias is such a great character. So I yeah, yeah. I'm a little bummed. I get why you might have to pull it for reasons of, you know, timing and, you know, how how you're trying to move the story along. But I am a little sad about that. No, me too. It's he's such a good character. It's like a bit of a bummer that we won't get to see those interactions. Yeah. But like if they've got a fast forward, like we're in the third episode and they're I meeting know. the travelers, right? Yeah, like yeah, it's fast. there's yeah. so much that still needs to happen. Mm-hmm. That like I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then like we switch back, but- <laughs> Yeah. We switch scenes again. And, and we're with Rand and Dana. Who yes, Rand is, is like, chopping wood. <laughs> she he has chopped too much wood, clearly. Yes. <laughs> and we find out that like Dana was like, I let Matt off like an hour ago. He didn't right. tell you. And Rand's like, No, he didn't tell me. <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, Well, you've earned yourself like a nice, like you don't have to sleep in the yard under a tarp. Like, I'll give you this, like, it's like some kind of like shed or something. I don't yeah. know. And there are, like um, a bunch of plants hanging in it. Yeah, yeah. And uh and she has assumed that they're a couple, which is a nice, you know, acknowledgement that like queerness exists in this yes. world in a way that we don't get. And Rand's response is not <laughs> it's, so it's it's so good because like it shows how you can do this without being homophobic. Yeah. Because he's like, You think if I wanted a man, I would choose him? <laughs> right. I could do better. <laughs> I could do better, he says. God damn, Rand, Matt's not even there to like defend himself yeah it's a great response and she's like well I don't know and it just you know there's a lot of tension between the two of you (laughs) I didn't want to make assumptions yeah exactly it's good um so they have some banter and then the scene immediately changes again (laughs) and it's just like Lan stand like on a cliff on his horse and he like notices something and then it cuts to Nynaeve right caring for Moiraine now this is so Moiraine is like delirious yeah and she's saying something but i i put the volume all the way up and like was listening very closely and i could not tell what it was yeah and i am once again begging please give screeners subtitles seriously please (laughs) i need them i watch everything with subtitles because it helps me it helps me when i can't I don't process auditory stuff mm-hmm. well sometimes, mm-hmm. but I could not tell what she no, said. No, I couldn't. Like tell. I just couldn't. I mean, it might have. If we got a caption, it might just be indistinct mumbling. They might. Oh not yeah, want that's us true. To know. But that's if, fine too. Yeah. Then we like, at least would know if we're supposed know. to hear or not. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah. So Lan comes back and is like, "Well, can she ride? Like, clearly she's yeah. not better, but can she ride?" And then we switch scenes again. <laughs> okay, so this scene is very funny because it starts with this like very typical Western riff that yes, made me oh laugh really God. hard. You're 
there is so much Western music in this section. This was like, it was like so, it felt so out of place though. Yes. yes. Like, I was like, what? There were several what? times actually during the soundtrack of this episode. Like there's this one shot, yeah. I think of Karen, where there's like dramatic guitar. Like yeah, it was very guitar. strange. You're like, what is happening right now? Like I feel like this episode in particular, the soundtrack is kind of all over the place. Yeah, I agree. It was like, I was like, what is going on? Yeah, it's very strange. Um, And so Matt is standing in front of the cage and Tom comes up behind him is basically like, like Matt's like, hey, if you get near me and he like pulls the dagger out yeah. and Tom's like, I would kill you before you had a second, okay? <laughs> but then Matt just like lays it out and is like, I didn't survive Trollocs to die at the hand of a singer. Yeah, it's good. It's so good. And then Tom is like, Tom says something about him being from the two rivers. He's yes. like, how does the two rivers know, like, lad know about Trollocs or whatever? And basically, like, burns Matt again. And yes. he's like, trust me, kid. I can tell where you're from. You're from the backwoods and I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then we, he's like, well, why are you here? And, you know, Matt doesn't really say. And then Tom says that he's there to bury the dead because he mm -hmm. feels like it was a dishonorable killing. Like a bun the Aiel was like not actually a threat to anybody, but the villagers, you know, were afraid of something that they didn't know or understand. And so they, you know, ganged up on this guy and killed him for no good reason. I did think it was smart of them to have Tom come in and explain all of this. Like, this yeah. didn't feel – it felt like a very real moment in which someone would explain this. Yes, yes. Like, right? It didn't feel info dumpy? No, I agree. Like, he says about how do you – like, how you can tell. Like, well, there's this veil situation. And if it's mm -hmm. down, there's no danger to you. If it's up, then you have to worry. And also there's this red hair. Like, that's very uncommon which, outside of the waist. It did feel very strange to me that, like, Matt – like, no one references Rand's red hair in the second. I was thinking the same. Right? I was like, well, we're clearly making a statement about red hair, but we're, like, we're just going to, like, glide right past it. Like, we're not going to. Like, I understand that it's, like, if they don't want to highlight it because they don't want right. us to, like, specifically make that connection as the audience. But it yeah, felt maybe. like Rand so clearly <laughs> has red, red hair. Head, I know. Like, he's such a redhead. Yeah. So it felt very, like, strange to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like. I agree. Matt, you don't. You, there isn't someone special in your life who has red hair. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> yeah. So then Matt confesses that he's there to rob the body. Oh, this is such a wonderful, yeah. like Barney Harris is so good in this scene. And I am so sad all over again that he's been recast for whatever reason. Like we still don't know. Yeah. Um, Because he is saying these lines of like, well, I need to go home. I was going to rob him because he doesn't need the money. And there is desperation in every inch of his body. Like mm -hmm. you can see it in all of his body language. And so when Tom recognizes it for what it is yeah. and empathizes, like it's just these two really good character moments. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, so so Tom is like, well, we've all been desperate. I'll walk away. And so we see Matt like searching the body. He takes the shiny gem we saw before. And then there's this and like little dog. dog figurine. What is that about? I don't know. And it highlights it. Like it, the oh, camera yeah. like lingers on it this does. carving of a dog. It's like, hey, did you see he's holding a carving of he's a dog? He's holding this carving. <laughs> like I don't know what we're meant to make of it. I wonder if 
this is how they're going to like bypass some of the like intensity of dagger sickness he gets of being like, oh, haha, it's a Terry Angriel. Like, I don't know. Hmm. Like, I just, I don't know why yeah. else there would be this like weird, very intense focus on the dog. Yeah, I don't know either. I so, like, know. But so Matt like does this robbing and then he says to the corpse, like, I'm sorry, I've got yes. sisters who need yes, me. I know. Oh. Such a good moment. So then they bury him and Tom does this whole like very clearly specific ritual. Well, that's that's in a second. There is a oh, pause okay. because we go back to Rand and Dana. Oh, you're right, you're right. And they have this conversation about like Rand is just kind of rambling about what he thought his life was gonna be like. Yes. Yeah, uh, and he he's like, I never gave much thought to the wheel before this, and mm-hmm. he's just this like very again like this epitome of the boy next door who just was like trying to be a good guy, like got through his life as he thought he was supposed to live mm-hmm. it. Uh, and then Dana tries to kiss him. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> I want to rewind for one second. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think it's very interesting because she has, we've established that she would rather be elsewhere with her conversation yes. with Matt. And then she says specifically to Rand, like, because he's like, well, where would you go? She's like, oh, oh the, yeah. I don't know. Like the Stone of Tear, the Lion Throne of Camelon, an Ogier setting, maybe even see a Trolloc. Like she's, she's name checking with yeah. his knowledge, we know these are significant That's true. waypoints in the story. Like, Ooh. so particular. I mean, the Trolloc thing is obviously, like, a little bit of a throwaway. But, like, you know, you're going to name check Ogier. You're going to name check the Stone of Tear. You're going to name check the Lion Throne specifically so of Camelon. Not just like, going to Camelon, but the Lion Throne. The Lion Throne. Throne. Yeah. So. Do you think that's just an Easter egg? Or do you think that's, like, her knowledge from? Oh, uh, I think that's an Easter egg for us. I don't think she has. Yeah. Okay. Right, because that's where well, no, I was going to say. Of like, is that something Balzaman has like foreseen or like what? I don't think I. My the Stone of Tear is part of the prophecy. It is. It's true, but the Lion Throne is not, and an Ogier. So, like I don't know. Isn't. Yeah, I think it's an Easter egg for us. Okay. Um. Then she tries to kiss yes. Rand, and Rand mm-hmm. is like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, thank you. I'm busy." Yeah. And then there is this amazing <laughs> like tone shift. Like Woo. it's so good. This actress is so talented. She, yeah, this actress is fantastic, and she like, she like at first is like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't. I, I'm so sorry." Blah, blah, blah. And then she shuts the door, and she goes, "Was it the hair? Yes. I shouldn't have braided it." It makes me look too much like her. And you're like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, this no. This is bad. This yeah. is bad. You know what I noticed on the second w- watch through is that when we first meet her in the tavern and when she's talking to Matt, her hair is sort of pulled up and back, but it's not mm-hmm. in a braid. Oh. So, like, she and then when she appears as Rand has been chopping wood to, like, talk to him, it is suddenly, like, she's she's smoothed it out. She's, like braided Ooh. it very nicely yeah she is specifically it's not that her hair was always in a braid she braided it before she went to talk that's to him. wild oh also, that's so good i think i found the actress's name izuka hoyle is okay I believe, she's that actress. she's very good as dana she's extremely good um oh it's so good and you so you have this like very like oh shit something is very wrong yeah. and this, like, scary song starts yeah, up yeah. and it's like huh and then we cut back to Matt and Tom, and this oh, wait, is wait, but Tom she takes his sword. She takes his sword. Before, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. she does take his sword. Yeah, he's like trying to like you know they have like a little bit of a scuffle, and she grabs and pulls his sword on him, mm-hmm. um, and she's like, "We're waiting for Matt. Like we're yeah. waiting." Ooh, yeah, it's so good. Ooh. So then yes, then we go back to Matt and Tom, and this is where Tom kind of gives this like rest warrior of the threefold land. May mm-hmm. your soul find water and shade. 
And like I I was so happy with this scene between Tom and Matt because I love the scenes of them traveling together in the book. Mm-hmm. Like I think they have a really like wonderful dynamic because Matt is so irreverent and I think Tom appreciates that. Mm. Even as he is annoyed by it. <laughs> Even as he's annoyed by it, I think he appreciates it. So it's less of like like with Rand, Tom comes off as such of like a teacher or a dad. Yes, yeah, very paternal. And with Matt, it's like a different dynamic yeah. and I just like it better Mm, fair but yes and like tom is showing such uh thoughtfulness and consideration for the cultural practices of others and like yeah that's that's a nice thing to see yeah it gives us a lot of knowledge about tom who is clearly empathetic and thoughtful and worldly and traveled Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's really good and it's someone that you're like oh these boys could use this person (laughs) they are just like Bawling. <laughs> um, and then we're back with Rand and Dana. Mm-hmm. And he's like pounding on the door. And she says it's made out of ironwood. Three men your size couldn't knock it down. But he like won't stop. And then suddenly the door does. Well, there's break. this great camera effect where it's like clearly he is like, there's like a moment of like, uh, I think a a non-book reader will not know what it is, obviously, but as book readers, we know it's probably the power that is giving him this, like, strength, Mm -hmm. and he breaks it down, and she is, like, shell-shocked by it, Yes, and just kind of like, what? Because I think she was just enjoying the, like, sort of, like, uh, how frivolous it was or how absurd it was that he was even trying. Right. And never expecting him to do it, but mm. he he gets out and he just fucking books it. He just like takes off, runs into Matt. And yes, I love this because he goes, "She has my sword," and Matt goes, "What happened?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so they take off running, and there's almost like it's almost like a very Terminator sort of call yeah. to her running, chasing them with the sword. The way that she's moving feels it's very like good visual callback to that. Um, and she she as she corners them. Um, this is something that we heard in uh, the trailer there, the the second trailer, I think. She says she sees all five of them in their dreams. She knows their names. Yep. She knows a queen's name. But names. she says five. She says five. Five. Not we four. We only heard four. Yes. So who is number five? Who is five? Because I don't think it's Nynaeve. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. I don't I, think it's Nynaeve. I think Nynaeve is too old. You think this is like a foreshadowing of like Elaine maybe? I think so. I think maybe Elaine. Interesting. I don't know who else it could be. I I think, I'm trying to think of who's the right age. Like, I guess Min is maybe the right age. It could. No, I think Min's a little older. Yeah. Min is older than Rand. Right. I think you're right. So, yeah, I guess Elaine is the most likely suspect that's not nice. The other one who could potentially be is Avienda, but I think oh, it's nice. I, I think yeah. It's, I think it's I, more I just, likely to be I don't know who Elaine. else. Unless, unless it's Loghain. Ooh. He... Do we know that he's the right age? We don't know that yet. I mean, if he's calling himself the Dragon Reborn, well, I that's just a kind good of point. Assume. That's a good point. But like, I don't know. Yeah, very interesting. I don't very know. Interesting. And then she uh, she name checks one yes, of the Forsaken. Yes, Ishmael. Who I've incorrectly been saying Ishmael. <laughs> well, I mean, 
I think it's even spelled differently in the books, to be perfectly it, honest. I don't remember it, there being an Isha male in there. I don't so. know. <laughs> but anyway, this is and this is an interesting speech that she gives because she's like talking about like who she's going to be. Like, yeah, we right? already know this character wants more for herself than she's been offered. It's just it's so good. It's just such a great motivation for dark friends. Like she yes. says, she goes through like what what bullshit she finds this world to be and says the dragon has a chance to change all that break the wheel and make it stop and I was like that's fucking awesome yeah yeah and she like says this thing about like well Ishmael is the one who brought the dragon to the dark one previously which I was like wait what like I don't know right part and then she's like yeah and she's like and Rand is like you would you know kill us she's like I don't want to kill you like it just wants to like you know and she says that's what the eyes to die want to do yes so we're getting this this alternative version of what the dragon means to people, what the dragon could or could not be. It's very interesting. And it's it's not dissimilar to the book, which is what Baalzaman says yes. to Rand, which yes. is the Aes Sedai just want to chain you. They just yes. want to make you a puppet. I right. would let you lead. I would yes. let you have power, you know? So it's right. not... Right. It's, it's just shifting it a little to the left in a way that I find to be a little less... Um, black and white like a little less yeah. like it, there's more nuance there yeah yeah and then, and then she <laughs> says that she's called a fade like she's like you can try to run but like you're not going to be able to outrun a fade which feels a little like um uh, where is the scene where tom almost dies or you think tom dies oh in yeah that town? yes yes right uh-huh, like it book. feels like they're kind of pulling together all these different moments yeah, and, I, and putting them into one instead I, of seeing them spread out right i do wonder how much more of them on the road we're going to get after this because they have yeah. collapsed so much of rand and matt's journey into, into this one, one which i think is fine like yeah i, think I agree a perfectly fine choice but it is going to be interesting to see how much of the three of them on the road together we get because then yes she suddenly has a knife through her throat yep because tom has thrown it and they're kind of like we do get that like really annoying thing that we get in the books yes. where they're like oh my god how could you kill da, da, da. and yeah. tom's like that was a dark friend she was a self-professed dark friend we have to go i am going east and that's like where are you going he's like east and fast yeah yeah that goes east east is good yeah (laughs) because rand's like we're not going with you right right and i mean he's such a dummy sometimes you're like oh my god Rand, why would you not go with this guy i mean he hasn't had the whole conversation with tom that matt has had so like true fair enough to be like he doesn't know this guy like and he just got burned pretty bad he did he did so it's not surprising that he's a little suspicious um but they they're like clearly they don't really have options um so he goes and takes his sword and then we get this like really intense close-up of the blood coming out of which her. like transitions into the tree line yeah, which I, really... I was like that's pretty cool yeah. it felt like a little self-indulgent but yes. I liked it it was a cool effect certainly uh, and then and we're then back yeah Lan, Nynaeve and Moiraine mm-hmm. who have been very cl- specifically you're right there's a lot of directions they've been riding southwest for three right? hours it's like so you have like Matt and Rand going east, Lan, Nynaeve, and Moiraine going southwest. We know Perrin and Aguin are also going east because they do say that at one point in their, like, walking situation. Yeah. Because so they like, know that Tarvalin is east. Yeah. So you have – we know that they're going in these different directions. 
Uh, and then they they roll up on these fucking red sisters, and I fucking well, it's not knew. just red sisters though. I no, noticed but sorry, the second it's... time around, the first sister we see is actually a green sister, and oh, then shit. we see a red sister, and what are they then doing with the reds. Well, and then we get Leandrin. We find Freaking out it is Leandrin. It is Leandrin. Of course it's Leandrin. God, Ugh. she sucks so bad. She's the worst. So this is the blonde I said I from the very opening of episode one. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you know, Moiraine Sedai and Moiraine. And she says, like, you're too late. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because they've already captured, they've captured the man calling himself the Dragon Reborn. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to a man in a cage. And it's, I think from the IMDb, we know it's Loghain. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Loghain. We also get just a glimpse of a couple sisters in the cart behind of One of whom is definitely wearing green. And that I think is the Alana that we've seen in some of the stills Ooh. from the, like, you know, I did not notice press. that. Oh, yeah. I was looking for it, actually. I was like, is she there? <laughs> there she is. I see her. Uh, so, yeah, it was, is, uh, and it's a very intense shot of Loghain, right? Like, his head is yes. down. And then all but of a he sudden like he's looks looking. up. Yeah. Ooh, it's very it is very good. It is very good. Oh, I'm so excited to get to the next episode. I feel like this episode was other than some of the like pacing issues with Perrin and Egwene, I yeah. feel like it was really strong. Yeah, I have issues with the way they put it together, but there yeah. was a, so many great things that happened, and I do feel like we get a mix of like character development, information that is actually makes sense to be given when, the way that it's given, and mm-hmm. then action. Yeah, it's. I oh, thought it was so pretty good. well done. Yeah, it's this so is the best good. episode for sure. I do. I feel like the episodes are getting better as they go along. I hope that continues to be true. <laughs> I, I mean, we've got so. there's only there's five more yeah. for this season. I keep forgetting um, that it's only six and not eight. For in some reason in my head, I want it to be eight. No, it is eight episodes. Oh, it is. There's eight. Five oh, right. More five plus left. three is eight, not six. Yep. I was like, no, no, no. It is. I can there's do eight math. episodes. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we will see. And this is all we have for this this week. And you can keep an eye out for our television show recap episodes on Saturdays at noon Eastern, since we are currently paused with our book recap stuff. And you can follow along uh, the conversation, mostly on social, at hashtag TarValenOrBust. And lots of thanks go out to our amazing Patreon supporters, Janae H., Jennifer P., Peace Vulcan, Rio, Christina G, Taitali S, Charlie E, Arcade, Stephen S, James, Barry Q, Ruth A, Catherine, Support Your Local Library, Sam S, David U, Amy R, Maradim, Mimi K, Amanda, Mark D, Heather J, Christina M, Malia H, Keith, Sirius G, Olivia K, Joshua S, Nicholas E, Michelle S, Michelle D, Danae, Destination Toast, MJ, Kat S, Jericho W, Saber Bouquet, Thomas K, Elizabeth F, Emily, Evans K, Ola J, Yulia S, and Brian D. Uh, and if you want to hang out with us over on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash or bust. Our posts about the episode recaps in which we uh, have conversations are all going to be open to the public, but we do Patreon patron only posts with like polls and and talking about other pieces of show lore or book lore um and it's only a dollar and a big thank you goes out to brian dunn our fellow wheel of time fan and musician who created the amazing intro and outro tracks for this podcast you can find more of his work at brian and that's brian with a y and done with two n's 
And if you're enjoying the show, please do leave a review and or rating on the podcast platform of your choice. It really helps other people find the show and we really like reading it. (laughs) (laughs) We like it the most. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us on social media. I am at Run with Skizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S, on basically everything. Uh, and you can also find me co-hosting the podcast Desi Geek Girls along with Sapna Krishna. Who's also the best. And you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Jen I-R-L, J-E-N-N-I-R-L, or on Instagram as I am Jen I-R-L. And this episode is not the ending. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the Wheel of Time, but it is an ending. 